It's the Joel Com Show, featuring internet pioneer, New York Times bestselling author, and international speaker, Joel Com. Helping you grow your business, live life today, and do good stuff. Here's the man who built his first website in 1995, your host, Joel Com. <laughs> Peter Shankman is, uh, you might just know him from this much because he's frequently interviewed on uh, national and international news programs, but I can verify and validate that he is more than just a talking head well, thank and, you. Uh, i have a body i have legs you do and so uh welcome to the joel com show my friend pleasure to be here joel good to see you again always pleasure is this your first time on the blabs no i've been i've blabbed a couple of times prior um it's a it's a it's a fun genre i like it i i, I haven't entered it myself in terms of when you when you when you do a blab yourself or you're the blab blabber or the blabby i don't know i'm i'm, I'm but I, I have blabbed for that so. well you are officially a blabber right now um because i they now have a feature now that you're the co-host ah okay which means theoretically you could approve and and let people in but we're going to lock the seats here for a little bit and for those of you that are watching us live if you'll go ahead and tweet and tell a little bird tell others that we're here and then they can enjoy some of the crunchy goodness um, that we have here for you today. And I'll just, I'll say this to you as we get started, uh, Pete. Squirrel. Love it. Squ squirrel. Love it. I've never heard that one before. You're, 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 you're first in the, in the line of, of people who mock my, or who, who joke about my ADD, but you're more than welcome to do it. it is, uh, but I may be the first person that's put a picture of a squirrel up on a live show. You know, four different people have sent me T-shirts that that say ADHD, but in the ACDC font. I have four of those shirts. <laughs> All right, let you know. Let's talk a little bit about that because you have really learned to embrace your ADHD. I have. Right I well, I mean, I learned at an early age. You know, I was a. Are, are we allowed to curse on your on your on your show? Tell me. I, I figure I should be polite. Tell me when you're going to curse, and I'll go beep. Yeah, go be you, man. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, look, I, you know, growing up I, in school, I was relatively a fuck up, and I was I was the kid who always uh, was interrupting the class and needed to sit down and you know shut it was shut up and sit down disease. And um, I wasn't, I just you know, it was a pretty shitty childhood. I mean, I, I had great parents; they're still awesome. I still love them, but it was you know coming home and crying for like seven years in a row from like uh, elementary school through junior high kind of kind of sucked, and it was just because I was different. And I woke up one day and sort of just said, okay, I can, I can keep crying about this for the rest of my life or I can embrace the fact that I'm different and see if I can't do anything with it. And uh, that was sort of like a, a, a moment from God, as it were, you know, sort of just like a wake-up call. So here's what I can do and here's what I can make amazing. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I am I am diagnosed ADHD and uh, that's fine. I mean, I, you know, it's, I have, for me, it's, I consider it a, a very big positive, um, very much a positive to have it. It just simply means my brain runs faster than normal people. And uh, because of that, it needs more gasoline. So if you uh, imagine the concept of dopamine and serotonin and uh, CHNO92, all those molecules that are uh, that are found in normal people's brains, I just don't have enough of them, so I need more. And um, I've been fortunate, I've learned how to get them, you know, in ways that benefit me. I've learned how to get them uh, by public speaking. I come off stage, I'm home when I'm on stage in front of 10,000 people and I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a rock star. I, I, I'm fortunate that I had to tell a good story. Um, 
I'm home when I'm skydiving. You know, I land from a skydive and I could sit down and bang out 5,000 words in like five minutes. Yeah, there you go. You know, so so for me, I, I do the things that that I know will give me that adrenaline, give me that dopamine, give me that serotonin in a good way because there are negative ways to get that as well. There are ways that don't help you as well. Um, and I've played with those too. And at the end of the day, um, you know, and I'm open about this. At the end of the day, I am much better off uh, getting the gasoline, as it were, from positive sources from, and, and by, via positive outlets because um, most people with ADD uh, have very addictive personalities. I am no different. Um, we do things fast. We don't, we don't drink fast to get drunk. We drink fast because we do everything fast. You know, I, I made this you know, joke the online of that are that you get drunk though. Well, that's, and that's, and therein lies the problem. I mean, I made this joke last week. Uh, there was a woman next door that I'm in, a, in my office. There's a lovely woman who works next door. And she stopped by last week. She's like, Hey, I ordered pizza last night and I have some leftovers. I put them in the fridge. And I'm like, what kind of, you know, you're obviously a witch. I should burn her. She's a witch because who the <laughs> has leftover pizza? I've never had leftover pizza in my life. If there's a pizza in front of me, I'm going to eat the, the pizza. Leftover? You know, I don't even know what that is. So it's the same way with alcohol. It's the same way with things like that. So I have, I've learned to be very aware of my triggers and I've learned to be very aware of what helps me and what doesn't help me. Um, I don't drink. I quit. Um you know, not because it was two in the morning and I was running naked through Times Square, but because I don't know how to have one drink. Uh, I'd have one drink and that would lead to six drinks. And I would never do anything stupid, but I'd wake up the next morning. I'd feel like shit. I wouldn't go to the gym to counteract the alcohol. I'd order like, you know, three grilled cheese, a tomato and bacon. Um, and it was just a cycle. And then I'd be pissed off at myself for not going to the gym and for feeling fat and now feeling fat and greasy. And so what would I do? I'd have another drink at night. You know, it's a mm-hmm. cycle. And so I just sort of had this, this, this moment of clarity several months ago where I'm like, you know what, this shit needs to change. And um, I, could be, I could control what I can control. And the only thing I can do is, is keep my side of the street clean. I can't change anyone else. And as soon as I sort of accepted that, um, Life got a lot more fun again. I'm I'm a very happy and fun person. I, it's very rare that you'll meet someone who says, "Oh yeah, Peter, he's miserable all the time." I am just like I'm the guy at five thirty in the morning in the gym, singing. You know, I'm on the treadmill or I'm on the bike and I'm singing or I'm in Central Park running and I'm singing. And everyone in the gym is like, "Oh my god, can he please shut up?" You know, but I'm just I'm happy to be alive. Every day is a gift. Mm. And and I wasn't happy for probably about a year or two over the past couple of years, and it was it was it was pretty miserable. And then. You know, I'm, I'm being open and honest about that on the on the on the hope that it can help someone else who might be watching or, or sees it on replay and, and feels like that. You know, that it's OK to be upset. It's OK to have bad days. It's OK to be sad. But at the end of the day, you're the only one who can get yourself out of that and get help if you need it, by all means. You know, especially I'm assuming most people are watching entrepreneurs um, or, or most people watching are entrepreneurs like us. Um, entrepreneurs is a lonely business. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we all know at least one. I know three people in the 18 years I've been an entrepreneur. I've lost three people to suicide. Um, All entrepreneurs, all who, you know, from the outside in, man, everything was awesome. They were doing so great, you know, and and yeah, it sucks sometimes. It really does. And 
you know, I just, I'll get that out there. If you feel like there's nothing, you know, if you feel bad, if it, talk to someone, call me, shit, you know, find my email is peterchangman.com. Email me and I'll Skype with you at any time. I just, there's a, you gotta take care of yourself. It's, it's the oxygen mask theory. You know, when they say on the plane, you put your own mask on before helping others, you're useless to everyone. If you aren't good to yourself first. And like I said, several months ago, I just woke up one day and I said, I said, this has to, it has to be that way. And I'm just, I'm a, billion times in a different place than where I was. Well, I'm, I'm glad you are because you're uh, not only happier for yourself, but when you're happier, you're able to be a role model and an example for others. We've already got questions coming in. Shannon asks, what's the downside of your cycle? Is it, do you sleep a lot? What, what is it? You know, Shannon, it's a great question. So I don't sleep a lot. I get about seven hours a night um, on, a, on a good day, six, sometimes on a five on a bad day. But, you know, my thing is I go to bed early. Um, I have a two and a half year old when she goes to bed, my wife stays up to two in the morning every night, uh, working on Facebook. And, um, you know, my, my, I'm in, I'm asleep by nine, nine 30. Um, and I'm up at 4am. I'm up at sometimes as early I was, this morning. I was up at three twenty. I just, I was up. And so I'm out the door by five, the gym opens at five 30. I don't need a lot of extra sleep. I don't need any extra sleep. Um, well, actually it's interesting when, I get my serotonin and my dopamine and all those things from a good source, you know, skydiving, running, um, exercise, public speaking, things like that. Your body, your body understands how to use it and, and regulates it. So you jump out of a plane, you're like, wee, I'm so happy. This is great. It's all chemicals that your body produces. So your body knows exactly how much to give you. So you don't overload or do anything like that. Uh, Robin, no, I didn't say I was bipolar. I said I was ADD, ADHD. Um, big difference. So, um, you know, for me, it's, it's, your body knows exactly how much to give you when you take substances or alcohol or whatever that gives it to you artificially, your body doesn't understand how much or how little you're going to take. So it just dumps everything. That's how you crash. So if I'm in a perfectly good place, I can get to sleep at 9 PM, be up at 4 AM, be at the gym, work all day, go back to sleep at 9 PM the next night. And I'm, I'm not exhausted. I'm like right now I'm really calm and I'm feeling really good. This is actually calm. You're like, you're chill. For me. Yeah. so I can, I'll ask you, and I think you'll answer. Do you medicate? Uh, I have, a, I am not anti-medication. I have a prescription for Concerta. Mm-hmm. Concerta is a, an ADHD medication. I use it as needed. My assistant calls it, um, she calls it my, uh, the hell does she call it? She calls it my, um, here what, comes uh, Here when comes. you have to, when you have to put uh, expense report, she calls it my expense report drug. Ah. because okay. literally you have to hold a gun to my head to get me to do my expenses to get me to do my receipts. And, you know, she's like, you know, you haven't been, you haven't gotten your receipts paid by this company for six months. I'm like, Oh my God, they suck. No, you suck. You haven't sent them the receipts, you know? So there are times when I take Concerta, when I need to be just that much more present, it's, you know, I'll go for a run in the morning and I can sit down and, and, and write for hours or if not days, nonstop, I'll get to a zone and I'll just go, you know, remind me to tell you how I wrote, I wrote zombie loyalists. It was, uh, I wrote this entire book in 31 hours. Um, and so, but there are things that I just don't enjoy doing things like, um, uh, expense reports, you know? And so for that, I need a little extra help and it's, so yeah, I have a prescription. I take it, um, as needed. And, uh, yeah, I have, I have no, I, I, I I'm not anti-med. I think that there are a lot of good things about, medication for ADD or ADHD. The problem I have with it is I think that 
it's a first reaction. It's a first choice for way too many doctors. You get a seven-year-old in there who's hyper. Oh, well, he must have ADHD. Let's put him on Ritalin. How about you let him run outside for an hour every day instead of putting him in front of a guy on Nintendo? Let's see what happens. That's <laughs> right? the issue Imagine I have. That. And, and this 700, what is it, 70, $96 billion dollars was spent on ADD and ADD research, ADHD research last year. Ninety nine percent of that was for medical research or for medicine research. Like less than zero point one percent of that was spent on training kids how to better use this. For Christ's sake, if if your brain works faster, that's a good thing. If someone gives you a Lamborghini, you're never you're never going to say sorry. I prefer a Honda. You want that faster car. We should be training kids how to use the faster brain. Every in Everything, this country was founded by people with ADHD. Anything that's ever happened that's changed the world has happened with people who have had ADD and ADHD. And, yeah, and I think that there's no reason for it to have a negative label. We're all different on the spectrum. And, you know, people have said, I'm ADD. Uh, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. Squirrel, butterfly, whatever. Unicorn, uh, I may be, but I just, I am who I am. And I think embracing the positive side of that and recognizing the dark side. You know what, I'll take you a step further. And... You are so weird, Bill. I'll announce this. I'll announce this on your uh, on your blab. Uh, so the first time I am actually launching a website, um, probably in less than three weeks, that is going to include a podcast and include videos on how I use my ADHD to my advantage. Uh, it's going to be called Faster Than the Speed of Normal, and I am super excited. I've already got four podcasts in the in the can, including Dr. Ed Hallowell who is just like the foremost expert on ADD. Um, Scott Monty, who has admitted ADD, he's going to be on the podcast. I have, I have interviewed him. I've interviewed, just today I interviewed the, the lead researcher uh, for ADD for the CDC. I mean, we're talking some good shit here. Uh, CEOs, sports figures. I'm getting some major league baseball players, some football players, people who are going to change how we look at this. It is not a negative, it can be so positive. Robin, can you know I me, I'd be happy to be on your blog. I think that may be the most impactful thing that, I mean, you've done a lot and you've had great impact, but I think what you've got coming uh, is going to reach an entire community of people uh, very specifically. And since you are a great role model for it, I think it might be the most powerful thing you've ever done. We know that, and I appreciate that, Joel. The problem is, is that no one's talking about it as a benefit. Everyone talks about it as a disease that either needs to be medicated. And it, it makes sense because most of the people talking about it are, are doctors or, you know, psychiatrists or things like that. Um, there aren't enough people out there saying, hey, you know what? I have ADD and look at all the good shit I do from it. And, and I'm going to be that person. I really, I really want to do that. And, you know, I, I, I want someone to be there who was, you know, when I was, when I was 15, I would have killed for someone to say, hey, you know what? You're different. And, and that's cool. My parents told me all the time that I was different and that was okay. But they're my parents. I wasn't supposed to believe them. Right. Yeah. What so, do you know? Yeah. I love you too, mom and dad. Exactly. You know, what do you know? Uh, this is Joel Com show. I'm here live with Peter Shankman, ADHD aficionado, an <laughs> expert because he is, and you never know what direction. I'm not one of those with canned questions. I want to get on. We just have a conversation. And oftentimes, you know, you start off with somebody's background. We just jumped right in there 
and talk about a subject that probably is the nearest and dearest uh, to you right now. And we've got another question. Bob King says it took uh, 40 plus years to realize other people thought slower. They took longer to reach the same conclusions. How do you adjust for that? So I've married for four years and it has been great. And I have a two and a half year old daughter who is just the most incredible thing in the world. It has been at other times very, very difficult. And I give my wife a lot of credit for putting up with me because I'm an only child. I never lived with anyone prior to her. And I just assume that when I come home and I'm in a great mood because something happened and I walk into the apartment like a nuclear bomb. Oh my God, it was great. How It took probably three years <clears throat> for me to even remotely comprehend that, you know what? She might not, A, she's not ADD, B, she might not be on that same speed or that same wavelength. And gee, I wonder why she keeps shutting down and doesn't want to talk to me. You know, God, she just must be a bitch. No, that's not the case. The fact of the matter is, is that I had to relearn how to communicate. And it's probably one of the best things I've ever done. Um, when I get home, I, I stop outside my apartment. And much like when I go into a, when I go to a meeting, uh, if I have a meeting on the 20th floor of a building, I will get off on the 12th floor and walk up the last eight flights. Um, or I'll, if I can't do that, I'll, I'll outside the meeting, outside the conference room, I'll drop and do 20 pushups or 100 jumping jacks or something to increase the serotonin and dopamine. When I get home, before I open the door, I will take five, 10 minutes. I will just stand there at the door. I will take very slow breaths. I will focus on lowering my heart rate. I will focus on being present. I will shut off my devices. I will, I will get out of work mode as it is. And I will go into home mode and home mode, Peter is very different. Um, I want to be present for my daughter. I want to be present and it, for things like that. And it's, it's difficult. It's very hard to do. Dr. Hallowell wrote a book called um, Delivered from Distraction, where he talks about, um, you know, living with someone who has ADD. And, and it's, it's, you know, my wife will tell me to do something and I will absolutely positively 100% no doubt intend to do it. And I will completely forget to do it. And I, so I have countless tools that I've implemented into my life um, to allow me to do that. If she asks me to do anything within 10 seconds of that ask, it is already recorded in three different cloud-based platforms, um, whether it's Siri or whether it's followupthen.com, um, whatever it is, it has to be done because the ADHD brain is constantly, when I get it, when the ADHD brain gets a request, we hear the request, we file the request, and we move on to the next request. And the problem with that is that if we don't do something for that request to be, if we don't give that request a handler, it'll simply go away. And so, and it's the same thing with arguing. When I argue, when ADHD people argue, the biggest thing that's so important in our lives is we need to be heard. We need to feel like what we're saying is being heard so that we can close the chapter on it and move on. The problem is if you're arguing with someone who doesn't work that way, you know, when, when I start raising my voice because I desperately need to be heard, my wife's first reaction is to shut down and close off. So 
not necessarily the best way to have a conversation. So I've just, and, I, and the most important thing that I realized is I can't change anyone but myself. So I can't expect her to change. She wants to change, great. And you know, to her credit, but I, I, I have to be the one who has to make that change. And anyway, enough, let's talk about other stuff. Personal responsibility. It's an amazing, amazing thing once we get a handle on that. Now you, uh, you how old are you, Pete? I am 43 and a half years old. So you got, you know, you got started a little late. Uh, I'm, I'm 51 and I've got a 24 and a 21 year old. You know, I'm, I'm all, all done, right? So I'm, I'm all out. done too. I'm all done too. I, mean, <laughs> done. A, I was, a, I was a born and raised, New, I was a, a New York City born and raised public school kid. I was an only child. Jess is going to be an only child as well. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing about um, ADD, you make for really fun parents. Like, oh God, yes, your child just going to have the best time. I'm going to open up the seats here. Those of you that are live on the blab, if you'll go ahead and tweet that we've got Shankman here with us right now. And uh, if you want to jump in and ask a question at any time, go ahead and click a seat there and we'll be happy to talk to you. Um, I want to note that. I, I like Wellman's question about do I consider myself an introvert or an extrovert? Because I actually have a great answer about that. Yeah. What What? What are you? An I am, or an Audi? I am the most introverted extrovert you'll ever meet in your life. And what I mean by that is that put me on a stage in front of 10,000 people. I will talk for six hours and I will impress and amuse and teach the shit out of you. Put me in a room with four people where I have to talk about myself and I want to, I want to die. So Are I am, you um, a Myers-Briggs ENFP? I believe I am. I haven't taken the test in a while. And when I did, I immediately forgot what my, what I was, but yeah, I think that, you know, I, I think that's what I am. I'm pretty sure that's what I am. But yeah, I mean, I will, I love throwing parties, but I hate actually being at the party as it's being thrown. Like I love inviting people and I love getting people there. But once the party starts, I don't want to have to walk around and hi, yeah, how are you going to time? I'd, I'd, I'd rather be in a corner like playing words with friends until someone says, hey, can you get up on stage and say a few words? Yeah, then I'll own that. Right. You're, you're front and center. No, I totally get it. So it said that ENFPs, which I am as well, are the most introverted of the extroverts. Uh, we like to have our alone time, but with people nearby. You know, we, that, we that like makes perfect sense. I have a friend of mine who's sitting right across from me named Peru. She just walked outside to take a call. She sometimes comes to my office to work and we will we will. I'm like, oh, it's so great to see you. And then we won't talk to each other for four hours. She will be sitting 30 inches from me. And we will not talk to each other for four hours, but it's awesome to have her here. Yeah. That is, oh God, yes, that's that's so me. There's, um, actually, I'll find the bookmark, but there was a great article on like 25 things ENFPs want the rest of the world to oh, know. Oh God, send that to me, yeah. Yeah, and I'll, I'll find that and send that to you. So uh, briefly, you put up a uh, poster of your most recent book, and it's called Zombie Loyalists Using great service to create rabid fans and you're all about this so so talk a little bit about what a zombie loyalist is everyone has that friend who loves the olive garden yeah <laughs> it's the breadsticks that's all it's, I mean, it's the breadsticks bread man bread everyone has that one friend you know guys we're doing a lunch today oh my god olive garden the breadsticks ah! every freaking time well he has had a good experience. Someone's taking care of him at some point at the Olive Garden. And now his goal in life is to drag people there. Zombie loyalists are people who have had such an amazing experience that their only purpose is to show their friends how great an experience they've had. And that's been 
this way for years, but why is it so important now more than ever before? Because we're moving into a world where the network will recommend things to us, not based on advertisements, not based on <clears throat> anything. It'll be entirely based on the people in our network. What do I mean by that? If I go to LA and I land and I type in, I go to Google Maps and I say, show, show steakhouses near me at my hotel. Google's going to show me steakhouses near my hotel. You know, it's going to show me above that. Before that, it's going to show me steakhouses near me, near my hotel that my friends have gone to and had a good experience in. Now, that good experience might come from a review, but more than likely, it's going to come from positive sentiment in an Instagram photo or a Facebook page or a tweet. You know, oh my God, greatest steak ever. That's positive sentiment. The network knows that. And the network also knows that my friend in LA, this friend I'm closer to than that one, because here's how many times we've emailed versus this friend. So it's gonna give me recommendations based on the people I trust the most. Hannibal Lecter in Science of the Land said it best. He said, Clarice, we covet what we know, right? So we're gonna go. So a great example is Morton's Steakhouse, but not the example you think I'm gonna tell you. So everyone knows that Morton's brought me a steak to the airport. Ha ha ha, that's awesome, that's great. But that's not, that's not great. <clears throat> customer service. It's, it's really more of a PR stunt. I mean, they're a great, they're a great company. If they brought me a steak to the airport, but Joe, you went to the, you went to Morton's and, and your steak was cold. How pissed off would you be, right? Oh, right. sure, they bring tank and a steak to the airport, but mine tastes like shit. Okay, when you go to Morton's, they ask you when you make your reservation. They say, "Are you celebrating anything?" Mm-hmm. And I remember I, was, I took a friend there once for dinner, and it was her birthday. I said, "Yeah, it's my friend's birthday. What's her name? Her name is Kara." Okay, great. We'll see you and Kara Friday at o'clock. And we show up Friday at o'clock and we sit down and they put down the menus and they're just pieces of paper in the menus. And they say on the menus, they say, happy birthday, Kara. It costs them nothing. What does Kara do immediately after that? She spends the next 45 minutes Instagramming the shit out of that menu and I can't get a drink. You know, she immediately became a zombie loyalist for Morton's. Why? Because who are Kara's friends? People her age who want that exact same treatment. Mm -hmm. And now they're all looking at their boyfriends, their friends. Are, oh, well, sure. You know, he took me. He wants to take me somewhere and get my name in a menu. You know, it's it's those little tiny things. And here's why here's why it's going to matter so much. We expect to be treated like crap on a regular basis. We don't expect good service. Think about the last time you had a good flight. And if I ask you what made it good, you'll probably say, oh, well, we took off on time. We landed on time. You know, I had the seat I wanted. Hot towel. So they, they gave you exactly what they said they were going to do in the contract. You signed nothing more and you're over the damn moon. Which just shows you how horrible our service expects. We so lower I the bar. I, I've met Tony Robbins countless times. He's an amazing guy. But here's the thing. I'm not sitting here telling your audience to, to go out and find your inner tiger. That shit's hard, man. I'm not going to tell you to do that. I just want you to be a couple of levels above crap. Because if all we expect in everyday customer interactions is crap, a couple of levels above crap, somewhere around good-ish, you're going to win right. every single time. So, And that's where we're going. You know, the... We need to stop doing things for the likes and we need to start doing more likable things because the customer experience we have is going to drive the next 50 years of the economy for good or bad. And companies that don't know that are going to lose. Why did it take us so long to get here? I mean, it's common sense, right? Serve people, exceed their expectations, at least give them what they expect. But if you exceed it, you win. Simple reason, um, we're a lazy species. Mm. We are a really lazy species. And, you know, 
if you're paying someone seven bucks an hour minimum wage, they're not going to do the best job they can. Treat your customer, treat your audience, try again, treat your employees well, and they'll go and treat your customers well. The third book I wrote was called Nice Companies Finish First. Uh, and the basic premise behind that was the companies that take care of their employees and make a happy environment for them to work tend to have anywhere from 11 to 22% higher revenues than companies that don't give a shit. So at the end of the day, you need to focus on good companies. And just just being good people. a little aside, I love Morton's, but why did, so they got bought a few years ago. Yeah, by Landry. They stopped doing the presentation, which was my favorite part. Why? Well, I, 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 I threatened to not only take my business elsewhere, but to badmouth them daily on Twitter if they didn't bring back the bacon, mac, and cheese. So they, they brought that back, fortunately. But, uh, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm looking. I just want to share this. this is, I, don't, I don't sell or pitch in any of these things because it's not cool. But I will share this. I'm looking at everyone asking questions on the, on the, on the, on the feed there. So if you guys want to pick my brain, I run a virtual mastermind where – Basically, for 24 hours a day, every piece of content I read, I curate. And I know there are a lot of shank minds. I call it, I call it shank minds. And there are a lot of shank minders I'm seeing in the, you know, Sub Bob is a shank minder. But um, I encourage you guys to, it's shankminds.com slash breakthrough. Um, it's a virtual mastermind. You get you get me for two hours a week on a, on a video chat. And then we talk every day in, in, in a Slack community. The reason I do it isn't for the money. I do it because I'm a big believer in karma and I'm a big believer in giving back. Um, I grew up, yeah, now click on slash breakthrough, type in slash breakthrough and I'll love you forever. Um, I grew up in New York City. I was a public school kid. Yeah, there it is. I was a public school kid. My parents didn't have a lot of money. We weren't, we didn't want for anything per se, but they were public school teachers. And I grew up learning how to hustle because I lived in New York City and between Harrow and my books and, you know, I've done well and I never, I endeavor to never, ever forget that. And so I'm running these masterminds because I want to be able to give back and I want to be able to help people who, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for 18 years and it's felt like a vacation for 18 years. And I mean, how freaking lucky are we to be in this entrepreneurial lifestyle? There was a speaker who said a couple of days, this is a very well-known speaker who we all know, who said a couple of weeks ago, um, you're not an entrepreneur if you have a, a real job, if you have a day job. And I really took offense to that because, you know, when I quit the last job I had to start on my own, I had a mantra that I said every day because I was scared to death. And I had a mantra I said every day, and that mantra was, if this fails, I'll go get a job. And it's been 18 years and I haven't had to get a job, and I'm just so blessed for that that the what i could do is give back and i give back by running these masterminds and by reaching out to, by answering every email that comes out people when they ask me questions and um yeah so i encourage you to check it out if you want um shankminds.com slash breakthrough it's, it's a it's a it's a good place to be and then we're we're growing into a really good community of of really solid people yeah, Caruso actually said it's worth every cent. Thank you, this guys. Is, yeah, and we're not pitching. You know, this is telling people what no, you're I'm doing. I'm totally not you're, telling you. You're doing it because you're you're passionate about, you know, what you're into, and this is how you want to bring value to people. So I put the link in down there, shankminds.com forward slash breakthrough. You guys go check it out, yo. Okay, I have to know. 
Um, somewhere on that desk of yours, you must have some toys. What do I have? So I have, I'm doing some work for, I just knocked over all my books. Thanks, Joel. I'm doing some work for Jabra. So I'm a huge, huge fan of the Jabra workout headphones. Um, so they're these, let's show you them. They're these little By the way, headphones. it's showing toys. If you guys want to hop on here on the Blab, Click to join the seat and come on in and say hi to Pete. I'm sure he would love to see yeah, your face. Yeah, please do. I would love to see you guys. Um, so this these uh, these Jabra headphones, they're Bluetooth. They're being charged right now. They're Bluetooth-enabled headphones. And what's awesome is the left earpiece, um, which is this side over here, actually has a built-in uh, uh, pulse. So it actually monitors your pulse in your ear. So you no longer have to wear a heart rate monitor and it tracks with RunKeeper and with um, MyFitnessPal. I am a huge, huge believer in data. Men lie, women lie, boyfriends lie, girlfriends lie. Um, companies like data does not lie. And so every meal I eat is tracked in MyFitnessPal. Every workout I do is tracked in RunKeeper. Every weigh-in is tracked in WeThing, uh, WhyThings or WeThings. And so that's how I'm able to lose the weight and keep it off. It's, it's, it's by tracking the data. And, and so having the heart rate immediately there is, is awesome. So I love, that's one of my favorite toys. Um, what about uh, an app toy, toy? Do you have any like, uh, oh, like toys? Or... Yeah. Hang on. I got something on the other side of the, on the other side of the, I want to, uh, I want to know what, you know, I've got my toys here. I've got my, uh, my meerkat that I keep here. And, and even though meerkats kind of, ah, here it is. And I've got my ka-ching button what? that I keep nearby. You don't, Bob, you don't have the Oscar Mayer remote control Wienermobile. That much. Wienermobile. Oh. Yeah, you have the Wienermobile. So I show, up, I show up in my office uh, about a month ago, and this is Oscar Mayer Wienermobile uh, remote control car. Um, and it was funny because I'm in a Regis space. You know, I'm never here. I'm always on the road. And so the office manager, I guess, of this Regis space, she comes down and she goes, uh, sir, there's a, there's a hot tub car here for you. Um, <laughs> and people just start, I'm running it out in the hallway and, and the, you know, I'm surrounded in this Regis space by like lawyers. There are no startups here. It's lawyers, like accountants and everything, which I love because I get to be anonymous. And like people just start coming out of their office. And that was sort of how I was introduced to this Regis office. Cause everyone's like, you know, I heard people talking at the water, but who the hell is that weird guy who was what's his what does he do you know so so right before christmas i um i went out and i bought a, a couple of hundred candy canes and I, I i wrote little notes on each candy cane it says hey my name is peter and my entire life is at shankman.com um i'm in room 17 blah, blah, blah. stop by someday and say hi and merry christmas you know and and they did and so i have a lot of friends down in the region space but yeah, it was really funny because you have these buttoned up suits who are just like, why is he He's doing a remote control? I don't I, I don't understand. That's not something you hear every day, sir. Your Wienermobile has your arrived. Your Wienermobile has arrived. <laughs> hey, Bob um, King. Welcome to the Joel Com Show. How are you? Hello, Joel. Hey, Peter. So my whole room is full of toys. I don't know how this will work, but this is all games, board games, role-playing games. <laughs> and the reason I share that is I attribute my love of gaming, of playing D&D in the late 70s and you know, moving little counters around on a board to my problem solving skills and be able to think on my feet. So, you know, when something th comes at me, I just say, well, you know, what would I do if it was in a game and I was the DM and I just have to make something up to sim simulate that situation. And it's really helped me a lot in teaching and everything else I do. Very cool. 
I love it. I'm a big time gamer. I've been playing computer games since I bought a TRS-80 Model 1 in 1980. A trash and 80? Holy shit. 4K of RAM, dude. Oh, it was smoking hot. And it had the cassette player for your storage device. Of course. Of course. So, and you'd play it in a regular cassette because you wanted to hear it. I was eight years old. I wanted to hear it sound like it. Right. Bob, did you have any questions for Peter or did you just want to chime in? Well, I was just chiming in because you were asking about toys. Uh, I have lots of time to ask him questions in the Shank Minds group, and that's not a plug, but yeah. I'd like to have more people. Yeah, it's hey. a great, it's a great match. I appreciate group. it. Thanks, Bob. Hello, Well Mode. Is it Well Well Mode? Okay, Peter, do you remember how to pronounce it? Velmut. 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 It's Dutch. It means full of good cheer. Oh well, you look like you are full of good cheer. So welcome, Velmud. Well, thank you, thank you. I'm also another shank mine, so I'm a ringer. Um, <laughs> I'm a home inspector in Maryland, and sometimes I think that my, I, I think I've got. I'm not. I'm an undiagnosed ADD, um, but I think that also does contribute to my being able to do better at work because it makes me more attentive to detail. And as a home inspector, I darn well better be attentive to detail. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so, but I'm also going to do a shout out. Shank Mines is one of the best things that's happened to my company. So, oh, bless you. I love hearing There you and go. Seriously, like, I love that. That's so cool. Excellent. Well, thanks for popping in. Appreciate it. Hi, Gina. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Joel? Excellent. Say hi to Pete. Hi, Pete. How are you? Good, yeah, good to see you. Here, here's my uh, toy. It's a, it's a crystal head vodka. That's the, that's the Dan Aykroyd vodka. Yeah. That's Dan Aykroyd's company. It's absolutely excellent vodka. So it comes in a crystal head skull. Yeah, he's got a whole video about how it's made. And there's a major story, you know, talk about marketing and and, and zombie loyalist. Uh, my boyfriend, Terry, that, that Joel knows, Terry Brock, uh, he loves crystal head vodka. That's his favorite. So it's, it's when, I, when I used to drink, I could drink, I could drink a lot. I could, just to be able to drink out of a skull, I drank way too much of that vodka. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Joel, my question was for you, though. I've seen you share your screen a couple times now, and I don't think I have that capability on Blab. Do you have a special service, or, or what are you doing there? Actually, I'm just using uh, a software application called ManyCam, M-A-N-Y-C-A-M, ManyCam.com. If you're on a Mac, CamTwist is a software tool that you can use. And uh, I've heard from the Blab team that they are actually getting ready to roll out uh, some tools within Blab that will let you embed any HTML or play a video through one of the um, the squares. So I think that that's going to be really cool, and it's coming soon to a Blab near you. No, I want to give a go ahead. As long as we're giving as long as we're giving shoutouts to good stuff, I have been just so freaking impressed with the Slack platform. Um, I, I mean, I was a little late to the game on that because I just I didn't have a need for it. I was using uh, other platforms, but I, I finally made the move, and my God, it is slick. Slack is just, if you're any sort of communication, team communication, Slack is just the shit. I'm really impressed with it. it it's very cool. Um, I'm writing for uh, Inc.com now, and they use it. It's a great, uh, for, basically, to uh, engage and interact with the editors. If I need quick help for a headline or I, I tell them I got a new article up that's ready to be blasted out, yeah. they are there on the spot. And it does that little knock sound yeah. on my yeah, desktop. Yeah. Where it's like, hello. <laughs> well, so I haven't used the app yet, though. No, Kai. Um, no the, the app's actually awesome. The app's okay. awesome. I'll have to grab it. Well, thanks, Gina. Appreciate it. Yeah, Always I'll happy. Out and, and good to see you. And um, yeah, I'm I love your flaps and good to join you. Bye. Fantastic. Bye -bye. 
You know, uh, I first learned about what you did through your PR stunts, and and I'm yeah. a big fan of telling stories as well and telling stories that are compelling enough that that's really the essence of what viral marketing is, right? We don't create viral marketing. We tell stories that other people think are awesome enough they want to retell. Well, the line I tell people is that um, you can never make anything viral, so stop doing it. Stop trying to. Start focusing on making stuff good. Mm -hmm. Good stuff tends to go viral by default. Um, I don't know if we have any triathletes in the Actually, here's the thing. If anyone is watching who has done, if anyone of your people are watching who has done a half Ironman or better, tweet me with a link to your finish time and you will get a pair of Jobber Sport headphones. Ooh. First person to do it. Um, so go. And it's at Peter Shankman. The reason I bring that up is because um, uh, when I ran my first Ironman in 2010, I was dating a woman, lovely woman at the time. Uh, who was a Pilates instructor and wasn't really into the whole extreme sports thing, biking 112 miles and running a marathon and swimming and all that in, in one day. And was always pissed off that I couldn't have dinner with her and couldn't, you know, why can't you have dinner? Because I have to be up at four in the morning to bike. Why can't you have brunch with me and my friends? Because I have 120 miles, you know. And um, uh, so when I got back after the Ironman, we broke up <laughs> and uh, I created <laughs> a... Right. Uh, I wrote a video, I made a video called I'm Training for an Iron Man. It was essentially one of those videos where the two people are speaking and the robotic voices back and forth. And it was a conversation that I actually had with her. And I, I posted online. And I didn't even think anything of it. Didn't even, didn't even brand it with my name or anything. Just put it online. Had about 30 views in a couple of days. And I, I happened to look in the third day and there was a 37,000, 40,000 views. And I was floored. I'm like, how did this happen? I traced it back to a tweet sent out by Lance Armstrong. Where uh, before, this is before he was made of chemicals, so we, we still trusted him. And um, it's just something like, hey, cyclist, really funny shit, check this out. So that, that video has about 2 million views now, 1.8, something like that. I just wanted to make something funny, and that became viral. So focus, and it's if you Google it, it's called I'm Training for an Iron Man. It's the first thing that comes up. Focus on having fun. You know, Focus on creating good stuff that you like, that your friends would like, things like that. So that yeah do good shit no question about it uh where's where's the where's my hang on i gotta find it i have a someone gave me a great thing magnet or whatever uh, i don't know where it is because my place is a mess right now but and i can't i don't know if i can find it but essentially it says yeah i don't know where it is it says um add value or screw off huh and uh, it's the same sort of premise. Add value or, or screw up. I don't, I don't have time. Ain't nobody got time for that. I, I totally hear you. So what's something, um, a, a stunt that you've seen lately that's added value that's really impressed you? Any brand? You know, I have to I have to say this, and I, I have to preface it with saying it with I don't support him in the slightest, but... I mean, Donald Trump in himself is a publicity stunt. He's nothing. Problem is, he's nothing more than a publicity stunt. But I mean, he's essentially a guy. He has a lot of money, but he's a guy with absolutely no political experience. Who's the fucking front runner in the Republican Party? Mm -hmm. Now, somebody just wrote that he's the middle finger to the establishment. You know what? Well, what I said, I compared him. I said on CNN a couple of weeks ago. I said that he is essentially the Nickelback of politics, um, because. You know, he he 
is just not a very smart man and says things, you know, basically he creates things that everyone's going to like, you know, like rock star and all that, but he's not very good, but he can't see to do any wrong, just like Nickelback. Right. So, so it's a PR stunt and it's, it's love him or hate him. It's, they're going to study that shit 10 years from now in college. They're probably not in a beneficial way, but you know, it's amazing. We shall see. Hey, Brian Fanzo, uh, I want to introduce hey, you. I, I asked him to come in just because I wanted you two guys to connect, and that's one of my favorite things to do. So, Peter cool. Shankman, Brian Fanzo. Nice to meet you, sir. Nice to meet yeah. you. I saw you speak at uh, Infusion Con a couple of, I guess probably two years ago. Was that in Phoenix? Yes. That's where the Hurt story happened. Yeah, that's where I, I was there. Uh, tell was tell the Hurt story. Synopsize that one. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't interrupt. I don't. Brian, tell me. Talk, talk to me first, Brian. I'll talk. I'll synopsize the hurt story after that. No, no. So I, yeah, I'm a fan. I, I like. I liked what you were saying. So I, you know, I, I think that's actually part of the uh, Snapchat craze right now is the ability uh, to tell uh, stories with no real reason of being viral, mm-hmm. other than just showing who the hell you are, which kind of links to the Donald Trump side. I think Donald Trump is telling um, the world, you know, f you from the status quo of politicians being disconnected and fake and you know the fact that he might be a giant ass at least he admits he's a giant ass doesn't have to hide it behind closed doors and pay off somebody to hide it so i think that's a agree agree but the problem is is that's not being presidential right no i agree that's what's going to come back to Biden. that's that's where the, that's where the issue is going to be but yeah we're on the same page with that um no the, the hurt story joel was one of my favorites so at the infusion soft conference i landed in phoenix and i had a a, a reservation to pick up my hurts rental car Hertz is like, um, you know, I'm a gold member with Hertz, which is essentially like having a Discover card. Anyone could be a gold member with Hertz. You show up uh, and your car's ready. Exactly, yeah. And and but anyone can get that. It's not special. So I go down to the I go down to the board, and my name's not on the board. I'm like, all right, shit happens. I go to the the counter, and there's like 50 people on the gold line. And after about 30 minutes of waiting, the guy says, uh, "You guys might have better luck going to the main counter. Uh, we're really packed here." I'm like, all right, go to the main counter. There's a two hour wait. Uh, and there are three people in like the desk with, that could easily hold like 15 employees. And over the next two hours, I see five, six, seven, eight employees stick their heads out, but not come out and help. I actually had time to write a meme as I was waiting on the Hertz. Why, you know, honor confirm reservation. I like, it was that bad. Did you actually finally write it like that? Why, you know, honor. Why, you know, yeah, it was the why, you know, meme. Yeah. And I get up to the counter and this is my favorite part. The guy says, hi, I want to have your reservation number. I'm like, yeah, here it is. I'm a gold member. I, I don't. Oh, you're a gold member, so you have to go downstairs. <laughs> All right. Let's, Run around. Let's put, a pin, let's put a pin in that. You know, and it was sort of like, it was like, um, so I said, I said, he's like, yeah, we can't help you. I'm like, no, there's no we. You guys are the same company. I can see my reservation. You can do this. And he nexted me. He's like, I'm sorry, I can't help you. If you're downstairs next. And look, I'm not anyone. No one, I'm not special or anything like that. But dude, don't next a customer, no matter who he is. And so fast forward. I walk from the, the in in um sorry I hear the background noise I think that's true yeah in, sorry in, about um, that I'll mute no worries in Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport all the air, all the rental car facilities are, are next to each other and so I I walk from the, the from I walk fifty feet from the, the sort of cesspool of um I'm totally I'm sorry my ADD is totally kicking me out for Drew go ahead and mute yourself until we can you you okay. mute out. Yeah, sorry. Let me uh, figure out how to no do worries. that. There we go. Thank you, Drew. So, so squirrel, squirrel. 
right, who just came back in? You want to kick Drew uh, out? So, That's okay. Yeah, okay, let's kick Drew out, and then Drew, come back in in a second. Yeah. Okay, love you, Drew. So, long story short, I walked 50 feet from the cesspool of filth and depravity that was hers to the Zen Garden of Tranquility, 50 feet away, that was Avis. And within three minutes, Phyllis, who worked at Avis, who moved with her husband, Walter, from Detroit four years earlier because the weather was nicer and helped Walter's asthma, she told me all this, had me in a nicer car for a lesser price for uh, with a smile. And the best part was that Phyllis called over her general manager, the Avis, the Avis Sky Harbor Airport general manager named Ramon, and said, Ramon, come meet Peter, come meet Mr. Shankman. He's another Hertz refugee. <laughs> now, now, look, I don't have an MBA or anything, but I'm just going to go on a limb and say that if your biggest competitor has a name for the people that you screw over, you're going to want to work on that. So I finally get to my hotel like two and a half hours late, and I have the night to kill, so I write a blog post called Peter and Hertz and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Really Bad Customer Experience. And I explain what happened. And I list like the top five things I'd rather do than ever rent from Hertz again. And number three was um, uh, ride a razor blade bus through a lemon juice waterfall. Oh my gosh. And and I, <laughs> I so I post this online. It goes live at 7 a.m. Eastern. So like 4 a.m. Phoenix time. At 4.44 a.m. Phoenix time or 7.44 a.m. Eastern time, my cell phone rings. And it's a Jersey number, and I recognize that I guarantee I know who this is. And Peter, hi, this is so-and-so. I'm the corporate director of Hertz. You know, you have a minute? He's like, how's your, how's your morning going? I'm like, yeah. I bet I bet better than yours if I had a guess. <laughs> yes. Because I bet 44 minutes ago you were sleeping or maybe just making coffee. You got a frantic phone call, and now you're calling me. And he's like, well, we really want to make this right. I'm like, here's the problem. You had no less than 14 employees yesterday who could have made it right, and none of them chose to which tells me that it's not just them having a bad day. It tells me it's a corporate culture problem. How can I trust Hertz if I rent a car in Bulgaria or if I rent a car in North Korea or whatever? How can I trust you where I don't even speak the language if you can't even get it right in Phoenix? That's a culture problem. And fast forward a week later, I get an email. I get a package in the mail from Avis. Mr. Shank, when we saw your blog post, we were always thrilled when our customers call out the good work that our employees do. Please, uh, we've upgraded you to presidential platinum, whatever, some, which I didn't know what it was. And so the next time I rent from Avis and I'm on their bus going to the rental car facility, they say, okay, our first stop, uh, we have two stops, the, or three stops. The first stop, or the second stop is for preferred members. I'm like, okay, that's where I'm going. The third stop is for regular members. And the first stop is for Mr. Shankman. I'm like, <laughs> and, and I, like, they stopped the bus and there's, they stop it at a car. And, and there's a guy comes on the bus, takes my suitcase. I'm like, dude, he's like, no, no, sorry, we're just putting it in the car for I was floored. And the best part of it, of course, was the door closes and the bus moves on. 75 people on the bus. You know, they're all like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> it, was, it was it was a funny moment. Um, that, totally, that's totally awesome. unexpected. But yeah, Avis is now, uh, like, I will I will be loyal to Avis. I'm a zombie loyalist to Avis for the rest of my life. That's fantastic. Oh, hey, Drew, go ahead and pop in here. And uh, yeah, Sorry about that, Drew. Come on back. No, well, it's just... So I missed, the, I missed the beginning, Joel. What you guys were talking ADHD, I'm guessing, uh, I can tell from the title. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, Prescribed late in life, uh, you know, Adderall user that uh, changed my life at 31 years old from, uh, from, from the wonderful world that is uh, Adderall side of the fence. So I had to throw that in there. But I, I read more books between a year I was from 31 to 32 than I did in the first 31 years of my life. Uh, thanks to that side of the fence. 
I'll, I'll I'll throw this out for anyone who missed it. I held a webinar about a month ago where I or two months ago where I invited everyone to come in and learn how I manage how I use my ADHD as a superpower. Um, if you go to my YouTube page, which is just youtube.com slash the word entrepreneur without any vowels. So it's youtube.com slash NTRPRNR. Um, that's me. And one of the top videos in my file is the playback of that webinar. Um, and I had like a couple thousand people on it. And so for those who joined late, I'm actually launching a website uh, next month called Faster Than the Speed of Normal, which will have a podcast uh, where I interview people who have learned that their ADD is actually a tool and a benefit to them and how they do that. So CEOs, uh, rock stars, things like that. So I encourage you, Fashion the Speed of Normal. Um, if you go to shankman.com, sign up for my mailing list. Um, it's very infrequent and I will alert you guys when that site launches. It's going to be about three weeks. It's going to be pretty cool. That's awesome. Hey, thanks. Hey, fans, thanks for hopping on. Appreciate so you, brother. Hey, Drew, how are you? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. I got booted out again. How'd that happen? You're, you're here. No, you're right there. We're listening to you, man. Okay, cool. Oh, Brian. To you. Oh, I wanted to You can him. see your face. You're still talking. Oh, got it. I'm sorry. Brian left on me because uh, I wanted to suggest he read the presence if he hasn't already. Just uh, Yes. You know, it, it's a great notion and it, it's such a simple thing. I did my uh, Superman poses before I got on today. But uh, so, I, uh, Peter, I, I got to tell you that, you know, you, you've, you've set the expectations, the bar very high. Every time I'm on a plane, I'm about to get off. I say, hey, Morton's, I could really use a steak right now. And, <laughs> and they still haven't delivered one for me. So uh, love, it, love it. We're going to get you a steak. Yeah, tweet, I'm going to tweet Morton's, make sure we get you a steak. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I do like Morton's steaks. I just want to say that. Um, oh, yeah. Believe me. Hey, awesome. I, I'm curious from you guys standpoint about social listening. And, and I do this thing every time I fly where I'll tweet out, uh, particularly when I'm at 30,000 feet and I'll say something um, usually positive. I'll say, hey, American, thanks for getting out on time, blah, blah, blah. So uh, recently I was on a United and uh, the plane was late. And so I tweeted to uh, hey, uh I said, United, we could use a de-icing machine. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I skipped the story a little bit. So um, I first tweeted to American, and I said, hey, American, sorry, I couldn't fly with you today. Um, I had to fly with United. Well, American responded like that. Now, I'm Lifetime Platinum. I talk to them all the time. And I went back and That's forth. That's why. I went back and forth to American. United comes on about an hour later and says, well, Drew, what can I do for you? <laughs> And so I responded and said, hey, send a de-icing machine over to F8. Well, you know, not that this was a correlation, but sure enough, we got de-iced and we got out of there. But it was, I'm wondering if, A, there's a difference in approach between a United American in general and Americans just more on it, or American knows I'm a frequent flyer and they pay more attention to me. And so, you know. It's, okay, so full disclosure. Yes. I am, glo I am global services status with United. Right. And I have been invited to their corporate office to talk to them about customer service and about social in the past. Okay. So full disclosure on that, I have a lot more insight into them. Um, to your to answer your question, it is probably ninety five percent number two. Um, you are a top tier, who you are what they call a top rev. You're a top revenue passenger. Right. Uh, if you like time flat, who tweets, and so they are most definitely following you. And in whatever system they're using, you go into a very specific. Uh, Twitter bank that gets pinged to everyone in real time. Um, if you look at the amount of people who tweet United, who tweet American, who tweet Delta on a daily basis, it would shock the crap out of you. Right. It would scare the hell out of you. And so, uh, you know, United probably didn't know you. Now, is that an excuse? No, it's not. They should be on top of it. But 
it's difficult. And yeah. I, I'm not defending them. I will say that United's customer service, after the merger with Continental, United's customer service, as, as United and Continental's customer service as a merge, went to hell. And no one will deny that and everyone will admit that. I can tell you it is improving. And I'm not saying that as a global passenger. I'm saying that sitting there watching what, you know, so uh, last month I was on a flight that was delayed because of weather. The crew that was about to go illegal, so they, you know, they used up their time. They couldn't fly anymore and they could have just gone home. But instead they waited at the airport and they got on the plane just to sit there and let everyone board so that when the new crew came in, right. they could just take off right away. They did that on their own volition, voluntarily. That to me is a much uh, indicative of the fact the company is improving. And so, you know, they didn't respond to you right away. It's going to happen. Um, you know, there have been times that I've tweeted out and I've expected an immediate response from other companies. And I, they don't know me. It yeah. takes time, but you know, they're getting better. Um, I think that in terms of social listening though, you there's a big difference you want to treat your best customers well there's no question about it but that doesn't mean that the standard should drop for people you don't know there has to be uh, a bar and it has to be raised higher yeah and and that's a that's where you're really getting at the essence of the question and the council i mean i don't think all customers are equal and, and therefore all service shouldn't be equal but i've asked a lot of social customer service people at clients and they will always say and i'm just wondering if they're saying the party line or they actually believe this they will always say all customers are equal and that to me that's crazy because it's the, bullshit and it's bullshit it's, it's why not peter shankman gets met by morton's with a steak yeah right, seriously leave the fucking steak at the airport story let it die no but i will <laughs> but it's true but it's I, a great example i will say if I if I am if I am spent, you know, United, Delta, American, they all base their loyalty now on spend, not on miles traveled. Okay. And I have I do probably 15 keynotes in Asia, in Australia, in South Africa, a year in the Middle East. I'm spending upwards of two hundred thousand dollars a year on business class tickets. I'm not paying for it. I'm not that rich. My clients are reimbursing me, but United, all United sees is that Peter Shankman just bought another $12,000 business class ticket. Of course, they're going to have a bigger file for me now. So they're going to treat me really well. But if you're paying a hundred bucks to go from New York to LA, don't expect filet mignon, but you should expect a basic level of service and all companies should adhere to that. That is where I'm trying to go with this. Customer service is so crappy. The bar just needs to be raised. And I said this earlier, 2%. And you're going to win every single time. Thanks for joining, Drew. Appreciate your questions. And always great to see you. Nice We're going to wrap up here in a minute. Perfect. And All right. Um, see you guys later. Appreciate it. Uh, Peter Shankman, his book is Zombie Loyalists, Using Great Service to Create Rabid Fans That Will Eat Your Flesh and, and Not <sighs> yes, Mine At All. His, uh, his website with his mastermind, shankminds.com, dot com forward slash breakthrough if you guys want to check that out he's already got a bunch of people in there some of them came in here and told us how great it is and so you might want to check that out pete are you using snapchat you know what i'm not um and there's several reasons for that the i deleted snapchat when two weeks after i got married someone who didn't know i got married sent me a photo that i should not have gotten as a married man mm -hmm. um so and i just simply have not have not put it back. i haven't put it back on i do follow what they're doing though and i think that they they're redefining uh, what I call short burst news, and they're doing a really good job of it. So I am definitely following them. My primary place on the socials, as it were, is facebook.com slash Peter Shankman, twitter.com slash Peter Shankman, 
Instagram.com slash Peter Shankman. I would love. So I have I have actually a graduate degree in fashion and portrait photography, uh, which very few people know. Huh. Um, and Instagram.com slash Peter Shankman. I actually take some what I think are pretty decent photos. I would love if you all watching went to Instagram.com slash Peter Shankman and followed me because I I try to really a lot of my photos are taken at like five in the morning as the sun is coming up. Um, and I like to think they're pretty decent. So if you would do me the honor of following me on, on Instagram at Instagram.com slash Peter Shankman, that would that would make me very, very happy. Indeed, we will. Well, I want to I'm really I've been in the Snapchat now uh, for just over two months and I want to snap you. And what I would love for you to just say is. I'm on the Joel Com show and and whatever you want to say, you've got 10 seconds from the time I point to you. Okay. Ready? And my name is Peter Shankman. I am a zombie loyalist for Joel Com, and I am here live on the Joel Com show. You should be too. Here we go. There's you. <laughs> I, I'm having a blast with it. And I totally concur that you need to figure out which platforms uh, work for you. And I think it's the ADD in me that keeps going, ooh, Periscope, Blab. Well, that's the thing. I'll tell you, so, so Periscope is interesting, but you know what really blows my mind in terms of engagement? Uh, Facebook Live video. I will do a Facebook Live video and I will get 10, 12, 14, 16,000 live views in real time blows the crap out of the water with periscope it's well you've got 160,000 followers but i have the same number of followers on twitter and it mm -hmm. still beats it every single time by a factor of 10 it's amazing so you know as of last week your periscope feed is now dropped into twitter, into twitter. yeah live. so i'm gonna try i'm gonna start playing with that as well and start seeing what that does hey pete thanks so much for your time i appreciate it and uh Everybody watching Joel Com Show, thanks for coming today. It's been a great show. Of course, podcast recording will be available. And next up, next week, you can go and actually see on my blab, Brian Solis is going to be dropping in to talk to I us. So he's a great he's guy. Great. I, just, I just want to hug him. He's just if hugging. I ever, if, I ever, if I ever decided that I wanted to wear something other than T-shirts and jeans and, and sport jackets, I would, I, would, I would steal his style. He is really good style. He is the dapper Dan of, uh, uh, of social media. Yeah. No doubt about it. Thanks, Pete. We'll let you get on with your day. Take care, my friend. And to the rest of you, you go out there, do good stuff. Thanks for joining us for the Joel Com Show. We hope you've learned something new and that you are inspired to grow personally and professionally. We encourage you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and to share it with others. For more from Joel Com, visit www.joelcom.com. And until next time, do good stuff.